We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 7 o'clock, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley behind the glass. You guys with us. 215 592 94-94. That's how you hop aboard on this Tuesday night. The Phillies are in the World Series. Like it's it's still kind of hitting me every single time I turn on WIP. The Phillies are in the World Series. Like this this team won 87 games. They got the last playoff spot. And it's it's funny watching how much this city has just this team has grown on it. And and and, and this team has grown the city. This city has grown the team. It's it's been amazing watching this almost love affair and kind of out of nowhere where everyone fell back in love with baseball again. This is the beginning of the postseason. I got a chance to go to game three against the Braves. Electric. I got a chance to go to game three against the Padres. Amazing. Just an amazing atmosphere in both of those games. And just b- being part of this for the last month has been so much fun. Like the, the, the baseball is alive again in Philadelphia. And as we sit here now, I, I thought it'd be fun tonight. And I think it's it, it, important as a, Strong word. This is Sports Talk Radio. But I thought it'd be good. I'll, I'll use the word good tonight. As we talk about the World Series and talk about what the Phillies are on the doorstep of doing, which is four wins away from having a parade down Broad Street. The 2022 Phillies, who couldn't get out of their own way almost all of September, went out to the West Coast in early September and got smacked by the Diamondbacks and the Giants, went to Chicago and got swept by the Cubs. That same team, that same team, is four wins from a world championship. Are they underdogs? Absolutely. The, 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 any praise that you hear for the Astros this week is not over the top. That team is unreal good. And I think the Phillies have to play their A game. In A World Series, they can win it. B plus, they'll lose. That, that's how good I think the Astros are. But, but if they play an A series, they can win this thing. And that's all real right now. But I think before we get to the verge of something special and the verge of maybe the biggest celebration the Phillies have given us in a long time and maybe the most surprising celebration any team has given this city, maybe ever. I mean, when you really think about it, I think it's important to do something. I think it's important to cleanse ourselves as fans. And what I mean by that is it's time to admit who we were wrong about, who we were most wrong about. And I'll start us off because I was wrong about the Phillies. I was wrong about the 2022 Phillies many times. I mean, I I thought that they were last year's Eagles and that they were obviously good enough to make the playoffs. I expect them to make the playoffs somewhere around the middle of the summer. I thought they'd probably go, but I didn't think they'd do anything when they got there. I was wrong. I sat here three weeks ago and said, I didn't want them to make the playoffs because they just would get smacked when they got there anyway, and I didn't want them to fool themselves that thinking this core could do something special. I was wrong. I was wrong about this team, and in effect, I think we all were. Because I didn't talk to many fans, many of you, not callers to this show at least, and not callers that I heard on WIP most of the season that believed from day one. Now, maybe you jumped on board and you felt better before I did or before Tucker did or before anybody did. Maybe you were a little bit ahead of the curve. But for the most part, this team gave us all reasons not to believe, and these players gave us all reasons not to believe. All of, I mean, every single one of them had ups and downs. I mean, think about it. The catcher, JT Romuto, 
who had an amazing second half of the season, he was bad in the first half. I mean, he was bad. JT Ramuto was bad in the first half of the season, and they turned it around. Reese Hoskins, I mean, he, he couldn't feel this. Even on, even on Friday in Game 3, the ball that went over his glove, it's been so many ups and downs. But I thought of Reese Hoskins as a guy you couldn't win with because of the downs were so down that it was just too difficult to get through him. Well, guess what? They're in the World Series with Reese Hoskins. Obviously, you can win with Reese Hoskins. Now, his slumps and glove make it challenging sometimes, but you can win with Reese Hoskins. I wondered, like many baseball teams wondered, can you really win with Jeet Segura? There's a reason that guy's been on a million different teams, even though he could hit. Well, guess what? In the biggest moments, Gene Segura has stood up. And I, I, I said at the beginning of the postseason, I'll say it again now. If I need a base hit, I want Gene Segura at the plate. That, that ball that he hit on Friday night, how did he get his bat on that ball? How? Remarkable. I've pretty much been in Stott's camp the whole year. But early on, I questioned. I mean, he, he was slumping. He was struggling early. And I just questioned if he was a little bit not ready, right? Not ready for this as, as a full-time player. And then he took off and boom. Alec Bohm. I, I may have questioned Alec Bohm and, and been wrong about Alec Bohm more than any because I didn't think he could play a serviceable third base. I always thought the offense was going to be what it is. You know, I, I'm not surprised he he's hit to a decent level. He could put the bat on the ball. We'll see if power ever comes. But I was wrong about Alec Bohm being a passable third baseman. I was absolutely wrong that he could do that. I was wrong on Brandon Marsh. I thought Brandon Marsh, his strikeout rate was too high to be an above-average offensive player. And since he's gotten here, it's not great. I wouldn't call Brandon Marsh an all-star, but he's been an above-average offensive player. He's had some big hits. He's done, and you had his defense, and he's done a good job. As far as Nick Castellanos goes, I, I don't know. <laughs> he still stinks. But he made the catch to put him in the World Series, and he's had some hits, right? He's had these, he's he's... He's thrown a bloop double or single in to keep himself afloat, and it's not a complete black hole when he's at the plate. But I, I, I'll tell you right now, the guy that I was more wrong about than anybody else on this baseball team, or is, is kind of associated with the baseball team, that I want to say it right now because he deserves a lot of credit for where the Phillies are, maybe the most credit for where the Phillies are right now, I was wrong about John Middleton. This is John Middleton's pennant. Look at the, what the Phillies did this past three weeks. Look at the players that stepped up for the Phillies and really were their driving forces. Zach Wheeler, $118 million. Bryce Harper, who is in the middle of one of the great postseasons in the history of baseball. You know, Kyle Schwarber, $80 million. He threw the 100 at Nick Castellanos, who's had a, you know, I mean, he did have the big game in Atlanta um, where he had the, the three runs batted in and three hits and a sliding catch. Think about this team. How much money was spent on it? Think about Dave Dabrowski, how he's come in here and put the finishing touches on a team that always had talent. I mean, I don't think we ever questioned the Phillies having some high-end talent. What they didn't have is any depth. They didn't have enough around the stars to win enough games. Well, Dave Dabrowski came in here and changed that. And who brought him in here? Who got him? Who didn't take no for an answer? It's John Middleton. I, a lot of times during the last five, six years, I questioned whether John Middleton was a good owner. I always appreciated that he would spend some money. I always thought he wanted to win. I just think they had any idea how, who to hire, who to bring in, what to do, what a winning organization looked like. But guess what? The Phillies sit here now in the World Series, mostly driven by John Middleton's money. That's how this team was built, mostly by John Middleton's money, the the ability to go out there and get Dave Dabrowski to put this whole thing together. This is John Middleton's show. 
And I question if he knew what he was doing. I really, really question if he knew what he was doing. And he, he's put together an organization that six, seven years ago was at the bottom of baseball. And now they're in the World Series. 215-592-9494. At some point, it's okay to admit, we could do it together tonight. It's okay to admit it. Every one of us were, was wrong about the Phillies, whether it was the team as a whole, and I was wrong many times about this team as a whole, or, or certain individuals. You know, because look at the, this. We, I, I doubted a lot of these guys. I really doubted a lot of these guys. And I'll even throw Bryce Harper in. Now, I always believed in the player. I mean, Bryce Harper, I wanted him here in Philadelphia. I thought he ha- he has something special about him as an offensive player that for four months I sat here in 2018, 2019, and I said, they got to get him. They just got to pay him whatever he wants, got to get him. He- he's that kind of player you have to get. But when the playoffs started, he wasn't hitting well. I mean, he had a month he came back, and it looked like he was just kind of out of it. I didn't know if he had you know, strength issues in his thumb, if his timing was just off. He just didn't look like a guy that was ready to go when the playoffs started. If you had told me five years ago, three years ago, two years ago, Bryce Harper was capable of this kind of postseason, I would have agreed because I always thought he was capable of this. He reminds me of of some of the most clutch hitters ever in terms of the postseason, in terms of flair for the dramatic. He has that about him. But I didn't think he was about to do what what he just did in the postseason until he turned on that Michaelis ball to start the playoffs. You know, in game two, I mean, I didn't see this coming. I, I I didn't think Bryce Harper could just go like that, snap his fingers, and get hot. Because that month coming off the injury, late August and September, he didn't do anything. So I even doubted Bryce, who's having one of the great postseasons ever. 215-592-9494. Let's talk Phils. Let's talk World Series. The Astros game one coming up on Friday. But I think it's fun tonight if we, we kind of cleanse our, our Phillies fandom here, our, our Phillies fandom soul. And who were you wrong about? Like, of all of them, pick out the one. Who were you the most wrong about that's proven it to you over the past month or so? Because this team has a whole bunch of players that we've criticized. Don't pretend. And, and look, if you're the one, if you're the one since April, whatever it was, that believed every step of the way, I'd also love to hear from you because I want to know why. Because you got to be crazy to have believed in this team the whole way. I didn't. I didn't. I, I, I question them at almost every part of this season heading into the playoffs I didn't believe 215-592-9494 who were you most wrong about on the 2022 Phillies I'll go John Middleton I'll start us off I didn't believe the Phillies had an owner that knew what he was doing and I thought that the resistance to the luxury tax over those years hiring the wrong people with Clentac and McPhail blaming a manager the whole Girardi thing comparing him to a star player I just thought the owner was lost well guess what he held up a trophy on on a Sunday night, and he might hold up another one in about a week. 215-592-9494. Tucker, of all the Phillies, who are you most wrong about? I think I have to say Bryce Harper. And, and Bryce Harper is someone who I would say until about two weeks ago I would have classified as a loser, quite honestly. And you look at his career from the time he was in high school – until now, Bryce Harper's never won a championship. He never won a state title in high school. His uh, junior college made the Junior College World Series in his one year there. You know what happened? He got ejected in game one of the series and suspended for the rest of the series, and they got swept. You look at what he did with the Nationals. He left. They won a World Series his first year with the Phillies. But I think he's learned how to win. And I think watching him in this entire postseason, and Nick Castellanos brought up a really good point after the game on, on Sunday. He was on the Cubs when Bryce Harper hit that grand slam in 2019. And Bryce Harper danced and sprinted around the bases and high-stepped and threw his helmet. 
and, and did all these crazy things. And you could tell, you know, he kind of got the emotion of the moment. Go watch him trot around the bases on Sunday. He didn't do any of that. Mm-mm. There was no high-stepping. He, he motioned to the dugout a little bit, but he put his head down. He got around the bases, and he got back to the dugout and, you know, high five and shook hands with everybody. He's matured greatly in his two years here. He's matured greatly since he was a 19-year-old kid trying to break into the majors. And watching him over the last two weeks, I have to fully admit, I was wrong about Bryce Harper. I never thought Bryce Harper would be a guy who could step up in the big moment and be someone to, to lead this team. But he, in this entire series, I mean, in the eighth inning, were you expecting really anything different? I mean, I wasn't expecting a home run, but... At no point did I think, well, this guy's going to strike out. I mean, he, he's gotten to that point, and he's been that hot in this series that, I don't know, nothing seems too big for him now. No, and he gave us this moment, a moment we're never going to forget in Philadelphia, Bedlam at the Bank on Sunday night. Two balls, two strikes to Bryce Harper. Suarez delivers. Swing and a drive. Left field. It's deep. It's going. Yes! And it is gone. Yes! Yes! Bedlam at the bank as Bryce Harper has put the Phillies on top. Are you kidding me? His 10th career home run of the postseason. And he may never hit a bigger one. Well, that's true. I mean, I hope he does in this next series, but that that's about as big of a home run as you could possibly hit. What a shot. Not not swinging at the pitch before taking that pitch. It's setting up the count to get the this fastball down in a way that he hit out. Incredible. Bryce Harper, that was an amazing moment for him, an amazing moment for the Phillies. And, yeah, I don't think Tucker was the only one questioning if Bryce Harper could be a winner. I, I mean, I've questioned. I, I never questioned his ability you know his power. I mean, he's got a. He's got. I mean, there's a reason why he was a three hundred million dollar player. But he took it to a new level. He and this whole team did. They weren't winners, and they learned to win over the past month. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. That's how you hop in. Who are you wrong about? Let's cleanse the uh, the Phillies baseball soul, the fan soul before the World Series starts. I was most wrong about John Middleton. I did not think the Phillies had an owner that knew what he was doing, and here the Phillies are under him. Four wins away from a parade. Let's talk to Jason in Swedesburg. Jason, what's up? Hey, what's going on, Joe? How you doing, Jason? What are you thinking? Listen, man, I'm ecstatic. Uh, they've done better than I predicted, better than I expected. But I believed in them the whole way. When we uh, when we caught that hot streak with Hopper, I thought this team could make it to the World Series. I, I believed. I was like, if they're hot at the right time, if they're healthy at the right time, this team can make the World Series. They're good enough. And, baby, we made it. And, I, and I'm so happy that I'm, I'm not going to admit I was wrong about Reese Hoskins. He still sucks at first base. I love him. I love Reese, but he still sucks at first base. But I was wrong about Alec Bohm. I was very wrong about Alec Bohm. Halfway through the season, I wanted Bohm gone. I was losing my mind. He was making constant mistakes at third base. His bat went ice cold. It looked like, it looked like another just farm system got a rookie that, or a guy that we all wanted to love but just wasn't going to be that guy. And I've been, I was dead wrong in him. I was dead wrong. I'll admit it. He's looked great. He's looked great. He's looked great in the postseason. He's, he's, he, he, he's definitely came into his own, and I'm definitely glad we still have Alec Bohm on him. Yeah, Jason, you know what? It's funny, and, and you're not the only one. Jason, appreciate it. I mean, I, I think the night that Bohm, you know, I, you know, I can't stand this bleepy place, you know, th- that, that night 
when he had those errors against the Mets, if, if you were to poll every single Phillies fan in this area and said, will Alec Bohm be the Phillies' third baseman the next time they're in the World Series, you would have gotten 100% no's across the board. It, it's like Alec Bohm is one, I think, almost everyone not that you're wrong, but I don't think he's a gold glove third baseman, but he's more passable as a cog in this team than I thought. I mean, he hasn't had an error that's cost them right. anything in the series, but I would go even further. Go back a month earlier where he wasn't even expected to make the team. Remember spring training? The story was he Stop. was going to be in AAA or he was going to get traded, traded. and Johan Camargo was going to be the everyday third baseman. Mm-hmm. I mean, Stott was, I mean, Stott actually, remember the beginning of the year, Stott played. Stott was the opening day third baseman. But Bo- Bohm had to kind of work his way back, and then he had the errors, and then Girardi sat him for a week. I mean, all that pl- played into it, and, you know, I, I kind of feel good about when Alec Bohm's at the plate now in a big spot. Do I think he's going to hit a home run? No, I, I never think he's going to lift the ball and hit a home run in a big spot. But I do I think he's going to hit the ball to right field for a single? I do. Right right center, center field, I think he's going to get a single in some of those big spots. He, he's he's become that now where you kind of feel good about him at the plate. Eric is up on WIP. Hey, Eric. Hey, what's up, man? Eric, what um, do you think, buddy? What's up? Uh, man, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for the Phillies. And uh, remember, like, the roster definitely has its holes, and we're definitely you know, lightning in a bottle. But if you were like think back to the 08, 09, 10, 11, 08 was, might have been the worst team of that group, and they won the World Series. So, you know, there's holes. I mean, you know, hopefully we can ride this four more wins, and, you know, we can get what we got to do. But I would say that my most surprising was um, Dombrowski, because, I mean, it's easy to sign all the, you know, the big-name guys, but um, his deadline moves are pretty good. I mean – Sosa, uh, you know, bringing in Marsh, Robertson. I mean, they, you know, they're not – and then getting rid of Didi and letting the kids play. I mean, I think that was pretty clutch. I mean, it's usually, you know, the big splash names are easy. You know, you know, you or I, fantasy players, could do that. But to do the, the lower – the lesser-known moves, I think, is, you know, good uh, – you know, it's, that's how it was in 082 as well, you know, with bringing in some of the guys. Yeah, but. Eric, you're right about that. And I think that's really the difference because what, what did they need to go from, you know, like 81 or 82 wins to 86, 87? They didn't need, you know, a ton of stars. They needed better depth pieces, right? They had stars. I mean, they, they really needed an Eric, I appreciate it, man. It's, now, Schwarber counts as a star that made an impact, but Cassianos didn't make an impact. I mean, look at his numbers. It's like he didn't have a star-level season. The reason the Phillies went from 500-ish to a playoff team it's guys like Brandon Marsh, right, at the trade deadline acquisition. It's guys like Edmundo Soso up to win some games down the stretch. How about Garrett Stubbs? Probably the best backup catcher in baseball this year. Yeah, who uh, was acquired from the Houston Astros. How about that? Is this the Garrett Stubbs series? The Garrett Stubbs revenge series? I mean, he How probably... about the winner gets to keep Garrett Stubbs, the loser has to take Hector Neris? Oh, man, that's like a pink slip on a pole match. I feel like we're back in back in WWF. 215-592-9494. But the depth. I mean, even the depth in the bullpen. So not everything worked out, but there's just they've had more. They've had more depth on this team than they've had in years past, and that's made a big difference. Dombrowski. Now, Dombrowski's track record speaks for itself. I don't think anyone criticized, like, oh, this guy's a no baseball when he came in here. He took three teams to the World Series before he got to Philadelphia. But... It was one of those things where it was like, did he even want this job? Was he fully invested? Because he was out in Nashville and trying to, you know, eventually get an expansion team out there. But once he got his feet on the ground, Dabrowski did a really good job this year. 215-592-9494. That's how you Hopper. We'll come back. Your phone calls. I want to play for you the other call of the Harper home run because for as great as Scott Franskis was, and it's an all-time Philadelphia call, 
I thought the TV call was outstanding as well. We'll play that. And then I, I've been thinking about this for a while. I have a comparison for Bryce Harper, a player in baseball history, and it's not a very – it's not a contemporary. It's not a guy that's playing now that he reminds me of. And it's eerie how statistically close the two guys are at the same stage of their career. It, it's almost like we're watching the modern era of this player. I'll explain next. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop in. Of all the Phillies, who are you most wrong about? I'm going John Middleton. Tucker went Bryce Harper. Who's yours? 215-592-9494 at Sports Radio 94 WIP. And let me tell you, my friends, over at FanDuel, start NFL Week 8 off right with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. You'll get free bets back if your Thursday night same-game probably doesn't hit. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. Thursday night, give me the road team to win outright over a very struggling Tampa Bay team. I'll take Lamar Jackson over rushing yards and an anytime touchdown for Mark Andrews. Build your own or choose from one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. However you want to play, you can bet the NFL on Thursday with a no-sweat same-game parlay. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94WIP. Just sign up promo code Gilio. If you don't already have an account, if you already have FanDuel, you're all set. Just sign in to see what you got. I really like the FanDuel app. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. I was wrong. And so are you. A lot about a lot of this baseball team as the Phillies head to the World Series. Let's cleanse our uh, fan soul tonight. Who are you most wrong about? I said John Middleton. Tucker said Bryce Harper. Speaking of Bryce Harper, I, I want to throw a comp at you in a second. But first, let's play the other call on, on Sunday. One that will not get talked about here as much, obviously. It was a national broadcast compared to Scott Franzke at WIP. But I thought Joe Davis, who I... You know, I had heard good things about. I had heard him do some Dodgers games, a couple of Fox games this year. He does some football. I mean, I know who he was and familiar with his work, but I didn't know what we were getting on a full postseason run. I think he's done a great job calling these games. We'll get him for the World Series. Here's Joe Davis's call of the Bryce Harper home run. As far as TV broadcasts of big home runs in history, I think it's is is it's up there with any I've heard. Here's Joe Davis on Sunday on the Harper homer. On the seventh pitch, Harper hits one in the air, left center field, back it goes, Harper, the swing of his life! That's a good call, the swing of his life, and then, you know, as we, we faded out, he let the moment breathe there, which I thought was pretty cool. On TV, you got I mean, Buck was great at that. When, when I think when the Astros beat the Yankees in the ALCS a couple years ago, he just let it breathe for like two minutes when they hit a walk-off home run. You got, I mean, that the crowd on Sunday obviously told the story of that moment and, and the reaction of everyone there. I thought the Joe Davis call was excellent as well. So Bryce Harper has the moment there. Bryce Harper's had a lot of moments this postseason. I mean, every number you look at with Bryce Harper, it is off the charts right now. I mean, we're watching one of the great postseasons 
in the history of baseball. 11 games this postseason. He's hitting 419, 11 extra base hits, 11 runs batted in. His OPS in the postseason is 1351. It looks fake when you look at it. So I, I have a I have a comparison for Bryce Harper, and I've had this one for a while. Now it's it's better. I like it better now because of what he's doing in October. I mean, I thought this when he first signed with the Phillies. I actually thought it when he was a young player, but it it, it works better now that he's hitting in the postseason. So the Bryce Harper reminds me of Reggie Jackson. I believe Bryce Harper is the modern day Reggie Jackson, and, and let me give you a few reasons why. Obviously, the October excellence this year. You know, Mr. October Reggie Jackson, it, it adds to the the whole thing. But I thought that when I went and watched Bryce, I went that we had a, a trip from here down to uh, Nat, the Nationals Park when the Phillies first signed Bryce Harper's first game back. There was like the second you know week of the season, and Bryce had the big home run down in D.C. and he, you know he kind of played to the crowd down there and, and hit the home run against the Nationals. Bryce Harper has a flair for the dramatic, and of all the players in baseball history. Reggie Jackson probably had the best flair for the dramatic. David Ortiz, too. But Reggie Jackson kind of had that uh, during his time with the A's, with the Orioles, with the Yankees, with the Angels. He was he was the showman. He, he was a showman. He was a left-handed power hitter who was very famous and had this kind of showman ability to hit these big home runs in these big spots, and you couldn't take your eyes off him when he, when he played. That, that's Bryce Harper now. You know, this generation, Bryce Harper – is is very much like Reggie Jackson. And then the other thing that struck me about the two of them is both really, you know, both high picks in the draft, both became very famous at a very young age, and they both were signed to big contracts by famous owners who wanted to make a splash. I mean, Reggie Jackson was the first big piece that George Steinbrenner signed when he owned the Yankees. Like he got Reggie Jackson and and John Middleton who years ago, Jimmy Rollins said he, he wants to be Steinbrenner South. Like he wants to be another George Steinbrenner. The first bit, I mean, forget Jake Arrieta, the first real signing and forget Carlos Santana, the first real like holy bleep signing that John Middleton made to put everyone on notice. The Phillies were going to spend was Bryce Harper, just like George Steinbrenner with the Yankees all those years ago, Reggie Jackson. So you have that added to it. And then I dove into their numbers today and I couldn't believe how similar Bryce Harper and Reggie Jackson are through a very, very similar amount of games. So right now, Bryce Harper's played 1,382 games at this stage of his career. And if you, you kind of cut Reggie Jackson off after the first decade of his career, it was 1,365 games. So almost identical. They basically played the same amount of games. Reggie Jackson, same stage of his career as 281 career home runs. Had 281 career home runs. Bryce Harper, the same stage of their respective careers, has 285 home runs. Runs batted in, 824 for Reggie, 817 for Bryce Harper. I mean, every number is very close. They both played in about 30 postseason games now. And the, and the last element of, of why they kind of strike me so similar to each other is they're both great players, right? right you know, Reggie Jackson's in the Hall of Fame. Bryce Harper will go to the Hall of Fame one day. But as far as the greatness and excellence, neither I don't think at any point was ever the best player in baseball. Like in the 70s, you had, you know, you had Johnny Bench and Joe Morgan and Rod Carew. You had, I mean, Pete Rose. You had some great players. Now, Reggie, I mean, I wasn't alive then, but you could look at some of the numbers. Yeah, he was probably around the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 10th best player, depending on the year. That's kind of Bryce Harper, where he's not Mike Trout, right? He's not looked at as the player of this generation. Probably not even as good as top to bottom as Mookie Betts for his career. 
you could probably find five or six or seven guys who have been a little bit better, a little bit more valuable the last decade. Buster Posey, throw him in there. You know, you want to say Nolan Arenado, whoever, Freddie Freeman. But then there's Bryce Harper. Just like in that generation, there was Reggie Jackson. It's striking to me. And then watching Bryce do what he's done in October kind of puts the icing on the cake. I think we're watching the modern-day Reggie Jackson. 215-592-9494. Let's talk about the Phillies, the World Series, and who are you most wrong about? Who we got here? We have Rick in Interbar. Hey, Rick. Yo, what's going on, man? How you doing? Rick, are you ready for to have some champagne after a parade? Hey, man, I am ready. I cannot – but we are not losing. We are not losing. They cannot beat us at home. I am so confident. I told you before, I am so confident, man. I, I just am. I hope you're feeling good about it. I, uh, You know, I, I'm going to call you again next week. Hopefully we're leading the series. I got a busy week ahead of me. But, I, hey, I wrote a little pump-up speech that I'm hoping to read. It's really Oh, short go quick. for it. Yeah, let, let's hear it, Rick. All right, man. Look, Houston, we have a problem. Rick's already bought the champagne. You got Harper. He can sneeze and hit a home run by accident. You're going to come to Philadelphia on Halloween, and it's going to be scary. Forget about your Reese's peanut butter cups. You got Reese Hoskins and Brandon Marshmallows hitting dingers out of the park. You ever see their celebrations with Bohm? I thought he was like a scrawny guy, but oh my God, with his shirt off, he can hit home runs too. He's going to hit home runs. Castellanos is going to catch up, and he's going to hit triples. And look, we are going to win this series. Four to one to get that champagne corked. All right, have it ready for me, Rick. We'll have it ready, buddy. We had a pump up speech, poem thing. Was that a poem or a speech? I thought it was going to start as some sort of slam poetry, and it kind of devolved just into a speech. Yeah, I mean, Rick. Rick has been confident. He, I believe, he called the night I said I didn't want him to make the playoffs, and he was talking about the World Series and a parade and champagne. Yes, he did. I, I mean, do remember that. I mean, Rick knows his stuff. He 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 thought this thing could go, and and, and it's gone. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Joey's at Pennsville. Hey, Joey. Hey, Joe. How you doing tonight? Good, Joe. Yeah. What's up, buddy? Hey, listen. Um, October's never been a good month for me. I've lost uh, a father and uh, a couple friends in the, that month. But you know what? This October, I I've actually uh, wow. <laughs> I am absolutely amazed at the way the Phillies, they weren't supposed to beat the Cardinals. They weren't supposed to beat the Braves. They weren't supposed to beat the Padres. I mean, how can you not be excited? I mean, Joey, at this point, you watch them, and they're, they're I mean, we know they're underdogs, but they're not playing like it. And, and my favorite part, and, and Joey, I'm so, first of all, I'm sorry to hear about the losses and the tough, uh, tough no month worries, you've had. No worries, Joe, no worries. But but you know to go to your point that you made about they're not supposed to do it but they're here they're not playing like underdogs they're winning these series like they just beat the Padres in five they're playing with a real special kind of confidence right now they are and you know Bruce Mel, Mel he's a veteran manager why didn't he they they you know they they paid the farm to bring to get Hader and he never brought him in I can't understand that I can't explain that that was Joey to me one of the worst postseason managing decisions I've ever seen. The, the, the whole reason, ha- like, Josh Hader didn't pitch as their season went down the drain. It was amazing. I, I was sitting there saying, they're, they're bringing him in now, right? Like, they've got to go put him in now. And then they didn't, and they let Suarez pitch to Harper. It's crazy. Uh, as soon as Harper was announced, I thought, okay, here comes here, Melvin's coming out, Hader's coming in, and it didn't happen. And I thought to myself, I'm, I'm looking at, and I'm screaming at the TV, Harper's going to hit, a, he's going to hit this guy. 
I didn't know he was going to get a home run, but I knew he was going to get a hit because I knew he was coming fastball. And I'd love to give you my Philly who I was wrong about. Who is it, Joey? Who are you most wrong about? Alvarado. That's a great one. No, you know what? We all minors, we all doubted him. I mean, he couldn't throw a strike for two years. When he was sent down to the minors, I figured, okay, finally we're done with him. Yep. Wow, uh, I was wrong. You know, his of all the turnarounds, Joey. That's a great one, man. And I appreciate your phone call, and I hope um, I hope a, a lot of happiness coming to you in the next next week or so with this team, bringing joy to the city. I Alvarado. You know, I, I mentioned Dabrowski earlier because someone mentioned Dabrowski was the person they were most wrong about with the Phillies. You know, that was the first move Dabrowski made was Jose Alvarado. He, he bet on his talent, his arm. And for the first year plus of the Jose Alvarado experience, it was awful. Like, Jose Alvarado wasn't just not good for the Phillies until he came back from the minor leagues in June. He was bad. He was a bad pitcher that turned into a dominant one. It, it's it's a you know I know this happens with relief pitchers, but usually it happens when they change teams. It's like you know, or one year to the next. I can't remember many relief pitchers like Brad Lidge did this, right? Brad Lidge would have great year, bad year, great you know this Edwin Diaz with the Mets. This the story of of relief pitchers having no control and then finding control. That's not new. This has happened throughout baseball history. It will happen again. But I don't know if I've ever seen one quite with a kind of turnaround in season for the same team. That doesn't usually happen. The only guy that I can think of, and this dude isn't even a relief pitcher, is Brett Myers yeah. in 2008. He had an ERA, I think, north of seven. Right. They sent him down to AAA for three starts. He got right. And then you could argue he was their best pitcher in August and September. Mm-hmm. But that's it, right? This is right. I mean, starters sometimes. Like Cliff Lee had to go to the minor leagues. Like starters could kind of like – reprogram themselves but a reliever it's so mental and then we heard that he worked with a mental skills coach and now in this series you realize how big Jose Alvarado in this series is the the, the best hitter or second best whatever you want to say Bryce and, and him they're neck and neck is is Jordan Alvarez he might be the scariest hitter in baseball you I think Alvarado is probably going to face him once a game every game yeah I mean you kind of look at how they deployed him and you know watching the Padres series didn't it feel like everything revolved around Juan Soto mm-hmm. even though Juan Soto, did, Soto didn't do much and they made sure they kept the bases clear they were most afraid of him but which they've done a great job of right they did the same thing with uh Matt Olson yep. and the Braves lineup they did the same thing with Goldschmidt and Arenado in, in the wildcard series but their ability and their programming of everything to just to get Juan Soto and Manny Machado out you're going to see the same thing this series with Jordan Alvarez. Like everything, when you're kind of working your way through the lineup and, and trying to predict how the bullpen's going to go, I think the one chess piece that you have is Jose Alvarado for Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, as the, we get to these games in the sixth inning, seventh inning, wondering what, when is he going to use Alvarado, You know, which inning is his. Just look for when Jordan Alvarez is coming up. That, that's the guy he's going to use it for. Mike's an ex, and hey, Mike. Hello, Joey. I miss you. How are you? Good, Mike. How are you? I'm good. And yo, Joey, I'm having heart palpitations with all these Philly highlights. Could you play the Philly special by Merrill, by Merrill for me to make me feel good? We we can cue it up. We'll we'll get it here, Mike. What 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 are you what are you thinking tonight? Now here's exactly what I'm thinking. I heard Tucker do a mega complaint about Bryce Harper, but he and I'm ready to go off with a lot of you guys on in, in talk radio. I mean, these guys got to put up. Or shut up. And I've been brutal on Bryce Harper. Let's remember, two years I'm making the All-Star team, MVP, 0 for 12 in Atlanta, put up or shut up. I'll give you your due. But I don't – I do not anoint 
players like we had Ben Simmons, Mikel Fultz, blah, 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 blah. Do it. That's what I'm saying, Joey. So you, you feel good about your doubting because they had to prove they had to prove it to you first. It feels absolutely. Yeah. I don't I know, like you. I mean, me and Tucker went back and forth on a uh, break. So I, hey, I I was not a fan, and uh, you got to any and Joe. You I called at least three or four times at the station in September. They were brutal, and I said put up or shut up. And if they were the Sixers, they'd be getting killed. I said that. Now they did it. God bless them. And they and they earn the praise. Mike, you're right about that. Now, here's the thing. That's why I said earlier, if, if any, anyone out there, if there's one person in this city who believed in this team at every step of the way, stand up. Show yourself. Because you're, if you do, you might be brainless. I want to talk to a brainless person because this team gave us so many reasons to not believe in them. They stunk so many times. They were 21-29. and 29. They got swept by the Cubs in September. That West Coast trip was hell. From the Diamondbacks Giants trip where they won what one game? The no. whole trip. Yeah. <laughs> blocked blacked it out. I mean, like this was an eighty seven win team that got there and got in like by by this much. So they gave us a lot of and the, and the players themselves gave us reasons to doubt. They all didn't have great years. I mean, who had the best year on the team? Nola? From opening day to the Schwarber? end of the season? Schwar- Nola or Schwarber? I mean, Schwarber hit 48 home runs or 46 home runs, whatever it was. He also didn't do anything until June. And yeah, I'm a and Schwarber guy. struggled kind of in August as well. Right. Like, th- that's that's what they were. So, But, but again, you know what? October changes the story. That's the way it works. And Bryce Harper's changed his story. Middleton changed his story. Dabrowski's changed his story. Who are you most wrong about? 215-592-9494. Mark is in Woodbury Heights. Hey, Mark. Yo, how you doing, Joe? Mark, doing very well, buddy. What's on your mind tonight? So excited. I've been following this team since the mid-70s. This is just an unbelievable run. I, I just wanted to ask you if you still thought that you would move Harper for Juan Soto. Remember that discussion a couple months yeah, ago? Yeah, Mark, I, I do. Um, so here's the way I would answer it. In the moment, of course not right now, right? Like, you know, Bryce Harper just led the Phillies to the World Series, and I think he's um, a more mature player right now than than Soto. I mean, if you're asking me who's going to be better for the next 10 years, the ages are, like, I'd still, it'd be hard to say no to Juan Soto, but I'm certainly not as interested in it now as I was in uh, July. Yeah, I mean, your comparison with Harper and Reggie Jackson, I understand it. I think it's a little bit of a stretch because Reggie did it in the World Series. He's got, what, five rings? You yes, know? And right. I, and I just think we got to pump the brakes just a little bit with that comparison or analogy. I mean, Reggie, Reggie in the final series of the year just dominated when he was with Oakland, when he was with the Yankees. But – but he, here's a comparison that I do want to make, Joe, and I want your opinion on this. Okay. The two main stars in this town athletically right now, you could argue and say is Bryce Harper and Joel Embiid. I think that's fair. That? Yes, yes, they're the two best. Yep. What a difference between these two guys. Harper won an MVP. He didn't go around promoting himself to be the MVP. Harper in the playoffs – went to another level where the other guy has gone down a level 
Do you feel that's accurate? Yes, Mark, completely. I mean, one one guy just raised his game as, as good as anyone, right? You know, I, mean, I, I saw some of the stats out there. I mean, he had a, he's having a top five postseason maybe ever with Bryce Harper. Now we'll see what he does in the World Series, but he's done that. Meanwhile, has Joel Embiid ever been at his best as the Sixers season ends? I don't think he ever has. No, and where is Joel Embiid in the moment? Do you know what I mean when I say the moment? He's not. You know, he's not where he needs to be. He's not yeah, where he needs to be. time. You right. need baskets. You need dominance. You need someone to will your team. Harper willed them in this last series. You know, you can argue Reese Hoskins helped them as well. But, but there's just, you know, we have a guy here who is, you know, you want to say generational. I think there's some absolute truth to that. That's how good Bryce Harper is. And, and here's another thing, Joe. They finished, what, 26? 21 games over 500 under Rob Thompson? Uh, yes. So, and they didn't have Segura and Harper for two months during that time. I know. It's remarkable. It, it, it's so, right. So, this team, in actuality, could have been a team 30 over 500 over him, maybe 35 over 500. You know, so this team can win this whole thing. There's no question about it. Win the world Series. without a question, they can, yeah. And I think it's a good point you brought up, Mark. Appreciate it. Like, when you look at you know, if you go to the full season numbers 87 wins versus a team that won, won well over 100, a team that had a plus whatever the Phillies were like 80 run differential, 75 80, Astros were 230. I mean, like, it looks like a mismatch. But the Phillies that are on the field right now, the way the Phillies are playing, the way they are using their bullpen, Rob Thompson. They're better than this. Now, are the Astros still better on paper? Yeah, I, they're better, but I don't think the gap is as big as it looks for the full season. That, that's true. And as far as Embiid and Harper, there's no question right now who, who's better. Um, it, it's Bryce Harper. And and the thing, and Tucker mentioned earlier about Bryce, the way he ran around the bases on Sunday. I I have yet to see that kind of maturity from Joel Embiid. I mean, even a couple nights ago, not that I I care. It's so early in the season, but like, and I'm not wasting my breath on the Sixers a lot tonight, but. He didn't speak to the media after their second loss when they lost their, their second game of the season. Like Maybe part of it is Bryce Harper has been groomed for this since he was a kid or a teenager by Scott Boris, by his his dream and his – I mean, his parents obviously a big part of this. I just – I've never felt Joel Embiid gets it, like gets how to be a superstar. Like he gets how to be funny and he gets how to be a good player. I mean, that, obviously he's got those things down. There's something like Harper has – it's like his whole life was built for that moment on Sunday. I don't ever get the sense that Joel Embiid is the same way kind of programmed for this. No, I mean, you consider the fact he didn't start playing organized basketball right. until he was 17, and that kind of fits that narrative, right? And it's not necessarily his fault based on where he came from right. and his upbringing. But the other thing I'd bring up is Race Harper really struggled at the end of the season. And I remember me and Mike from Exit had a conversation about how when Joel Embiid gets hurt in the postseason, when he struggles and his numbers go down, people really get on him, and people really harp on him, and people you know, are quick to point blame and point the finger at Joel Embiid. And we had a discussion before the playoffs and said, you know, Bryce Harper's struggling. What happens when Bryce Harper struggles in the postseason because he's still dealing with this thumb injury? You know what's happened? Bryce Harper hasn't struggled at all. Bryce Harper hit that home run against Miles Michaelis in that wildcard game. And I don't know if he's gotten out since. I mean, he hit into a double play at one point. But, I mean, for the most part, I mean, this guy has stepped up in every moment possible. I mean, even using the term video game numbers right now, I don't think necessarily points to just how great he's been. It's an all-time – like, we'll talk about this postseason 
forever in baseball, like forever, like the graphics will go up the next time someone has a run, whoever that is, maybe, you know, a Philly or a Yankee or a Brewer, it doesn't matter. You know, like Carlos Beltran in 04, the David Ortiz postseasons, you know, you go back. I mean, this, he's on that list now. That's how great of a postseason Bryce Harper said. Pete is the king of pressure. Pete's on WIP. Hey, Pete. Pete, you there, buddy? Pete? What do you think Pete's you doing? You think he's typing? Uh, he might be typing. I don't think Cashmere's typing, but I think Cashmere's ready to talk. What's up, Cashmere? Hey, what's up, Joe? Can you hear me? I got you, buddy. What's up? So, Joe, first, man, I um, I had to control my emotions probably for, like, I would say Sunday and Monday. Sunday, I think when I think when Cassianos finally made the catch, and I was like, oh, my goodness, we're going to the World Series. And it's going to sound weird, Joe, but I've never – cried for a sporting event before in my life but i could even when i was 17 years old and i watched the phillies win the world series back in 2008 i didn't cry i was just overjoyed and just ran around when when they actually got that final out to go to the world series joe i was crying i was actually crying like i was like bawling like a baby i, I know it sounds weird and i'm about to choke up right now doing it but it's like joe this team that I called you, I mean, I've been calling you for years. What, since 2018 I've been calling you? Yeah, yep. You know, I mean, I mean, and I think, I, you know, I'm one of the, obviously I'm probably one of the biggest fans in the city. You would agree with that. You know? So, like, it was, which, it's like, I never expected this, Joe. I never, ever expected this. I just, I'm in shock. I'm completely, this team, Joe, and, I, I was, I mean, I was wrong with you. I mean, they got swept by the Chicago Cubs. They got, they went out and had a one in five road trip against the Giants and the and the and the Diamondbacks. Yeah, and, not, and Cashmere, look, it's a long season. Things happen, but they didn't just get swept by the Cubs in you know July. Well, they did, but they got yeah. swept by the Cubs in late September, trying to clinch a <laughs> playoff spot. They were three and ten in a thirteen game stretch in mid September. This team that's in the World Series now, this is unbelievable. They were collapsing, Joe. They were literally in the midst of a giant collapse. And it's just remarkable how this this turnaround, it's like this team that was just full of losers, literally, and that's what they were. They were full of losers pretty much all of September, has now turned into almost like they're four wins away from being world champions. It's like I just can't believe this in, my, in some ultimate dream, ultimate dream world. And one thing about Bryce Harper real quick, I mean, Joe, what he's doing this postseason, I mean, we, this is something he's a superstar and this is incredible that he's doing this. But, even, Joe, even more so, this is not like some regular superstar numbers. This is like, this is all-time great, all-time greatness we're watching from Bryce Harper in the postseason. Joe, this is Barry Bonds of 2002. This is Carlos Beltran, 2005 with the Astros. I, I, this is, I mean... Joe, this is something insane. We don't watch these types of postseasons from from players, and we always judge players. And we, how much do we, we you know? We always judge Donovan McNabb. Well, ju- well, Donovan, what are you going to do when you get to the, from the when you get to the playoffs? What are you going to do when you get to the playoffs? We tell Joe Embiid, Joe yep. Embiid, yep. what are you going to do when you get to the po- when you get to the playoffs? And we all said, okay, Bryce, you're here. You wanted to get here. You're here. Do something now. Get to the postseason. Show us you're a big time player. Show us you are worth us investing in you and Joe that 330 million dollars it is worth every 
dime. Oh, there's penny, no question. Cashmere. It, it, it is. And his numbers are, you're right. They're, they're, they're remarkable. Not, they don't look real. Cashmere preached the phone call. I mean, Bryce Harper, there's been three rounds. He's posted, and the first round was two games. But he's posted an OPS over 1,000 in each round of this postseason. 1,089, 1,592, 1,250. Bryce Harper now in 30 career postseason games is up to a 997 OPS. It is unbelievable. He's this generation's. He's this, you know, he's the modern day Reggie Jackson. 215-592-9494. Tell you, hop in. We'll come back. Your phone calls. And we'll have a guest on as well, Sean Pendergrass from the morning show down at 610, our Odyssey station in Houston, Texas. Let's talk about this World Series, this matchup. How good are the Astros? And are they afraid of the Phillies at Bryce Harper down there? We'll talk to them next, coming up on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 